morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. I'll fly away. sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore, on that happy golden shore, and what a day, glorious day that will be, and what a day that will be, when my Jesus I shall see, and I upon his face the one who saves me by his grace and when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be there will be no sorrow there no more burdens to bear no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. And what a day, glorious day that will be. And what a day that will be when my Jesus. Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and when he takes me by the hand, and leads me through the promised land, and what a day, glorious day that will be. smiley faces on this beautiful winter morning. Good to have you in God's house today. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that we can come and worship together. Lord, it is such a blessing to lift up our voices in song, sing with our brothers and sisters in Christ and honor you. I pray that you would stir our hearts, draw us nearer to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. 
stand please and together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing sing to the king is King. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring we belong to Jesus. He is all we need. Lift up a heart of praise, sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the and we pray we will be ready the dawn of that day we'll join in singing with all the redeemed cause Satan is vanquished and Jesus is King come let us sing a song a song declaring we belong to Jesus. He is all we need. Lift up a heart of praise. Sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the King. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, we have with us Teen Challenge, uh, the ladies' branch of it, and they're going to come and they're going to minister to us in song and testimony. They have a brief video, and then I'm going to wrap up our service with a short message, but going to turn it right over to you ladies. Hi, my name is Nicole Lucas, and I'm 41 years old. Um, I've been blessed to be at Adult and Teen Challenge for almost three years, and thank you for welcoming us here today. Um, I would just like to share the testimony of Jesus in my life with you all, and then share a little bit about our program, and allow you guys to see for yourself um, the ways that Jesus has re resurrected the dead things that were in our life to a very much alive and bunch of ladies. <laughs> um, so I learned since being here that no matter how far I was from God, he was just right there waiting for me to ask him for help. I was raised in a Christian church. I went to First Baptist Christian Academy till I was in fifth grade. I was surrounded by the love of Christ, but I became very angry when my 
parents got divorced. My grandmother was a Sunday school teacher. She would rock me in a rocking chair and tell me how much Jesus loved me, and that was the only thing that made me feel better. So I was introduced to the love of Jesus at a very young age. But through my anger of adolescence, I would stray away from him. I started smoking cigarettes and drinking and hanging out with the wrong crowd of friends. Um, and it just progressively became worse and worse. I sought out bad relationships and the fast life. I had three children, at, um, had four children. My first daughter, though, was at a very young age of 16. I became pregnant. Um, my family supported me, um, but I lost my childhood in that, and I was just seeking all of the wrong things in life instead of seeking God. So um, all of my bad choices and bad relationships led me to addictions, to the worst things possible. Um, my moral compass was more than broken. It was completely shattered. Um, I was doing everything against God, against my parents, and against the things that I had been taught as a child, and these things led me to a hospital bed um, where I was facing death. I was signing over my power of attorney from my choice of using crack cocaine and heroin, um, and I cried out to God in that hospital bed, and he saved my life. He sent to me my daughter. My exact prayer was, God, please don't let me go out like this. Don't let my kids see my life end this way. And he sent to me my daughter, who I hadn't seen in 11 years, to my hospital bed three days later, which is pretty amazing because that's, you know, how long it took Jesus to raise from the dead. So I knew it was him when she hugged me, and I knew I didn't deserve her to be back in my life. Um, he brought me to a place called Adult and Teen Challenge, where I now am really blessed to get to work here. And all of the troubles that I experienced in my life, I get to pour out as blessings onto the women and say, hey, maybe you should just stay put and restore that relationship with your kid because you don't have to wait 11 years. And um, Jesus, um, he saved me in the hospital bed. I was, I was diagnosed with chronic hepatitis C. And by the time I got to Vermont, I had received no medication for that. And my life was saved. I no longer have it. I was cured by the prayer that I prayed out to Jesus to help me. Um, I've been restored by relationships to all of my children. Um, I'm a granddaughter to my grandmother again. I get to go visit her when she's sick. I'm going to see my kids in a couple weeks and go do pottery with them. Um, I have you know, just been able to use all of the things that I used to say poor me and get high with as a testimony now to help others. So now I have a purpose in life. Um, and that's what Adult and Teen Challenge is all about, is creating purpose. I, I had to get my finger amputated and all my teeth removed from my head um, because I was going to die in the hospital bed. I had endocarditis as well as chronic hepatitis C. And I came crawling through the doors of Adult and Teen Challenge. They loved the life back into me. And the verse I stand on is Psalms 116.5 because... Um, it says, he's so kind and gracious to me because of his passion towards me. He made everything right and he restored me. And I couldn't be more blessed to get to work and um, nourish my love for Christ in a place where I watch him restore the lives of others on a daily basis. So I just want to share with you a little bit about our program of Adult and Teen Challenge. Um, and realizing that um, God's never too far away from us came from when I first got there, sitting at the table crying and saying, how am I going to go talk to people in a church, Lord? Like, I was just using really hard drugs last week. You've got to be nuts. 
And um, he led me to this verses in Psalms 116, 1 through 5. I just want to share that briefly. Um, I'm passionately in love with God because he, res he listens to me. He hears my prayers and he answers them. Um, as long as I live, I'll keep praying to him, for he stoops down to listen to my heart's cry. When I was in the streets homeless using drugs, I cried out to the Lord and said, where are the church people now? Where are those people now? And I believe God led me right to the place of adult and teen challenge. Um, and he led me to this Bible verse when I couldn't find my testimony because my name is in this book and this is my testimony. So death once stared me in the face and I was close to slipping into its dark shadows. I was terrified and overcome with sorrow. I cried out to the Lord, God, come and save me. He was so kind and so gracious to me because of his passion toward me. He made everything right and he restored me. So I've learned from my experience that God protects the vulnerable for I was broken and brought low. But he answered my prayers and came to my rescue. Now I can relax and say to myself and all, relax, be confident and serene, for the Lord rewards those who simply trust in him. Adult and Teen Challenge gives us a place to grow and flourish and just trust in God. And our job every day is to go seek him in the Bible. And we sing songs of praise to him. And we believe them with our hearts and sing them with our words. Um, we're not a professional choir. We don't claim to be. But there's something really powerful when you start to cry out to the Lord through praise and worship. So that's how I've been redeemed. And thank you guys again for having us here. We have a men's home who's been um, established in 2005 in Johnson, Vermont. It's beautiful. It's on 10 and a half acres. One of the things we do is learn how to coincide. As males and females, we come from our life. We don't maybe act like ladies anymore. So we are given like a structured place to be able to go practice praise and worship. We have a wood shop where we build our cutting boards that help provide a resource for our ministry to um, sustain itself. So we all go there and work together hand in hand. Do you want them to advance it? Yes. <laughs> um, this is our women's home. Um, it's a beautiful home. We house 17 people right now, so there's still room for more. Um, we always have room for one more. So <laughs> it's a really beautiful place to be. And this is where women come when they need help. This is where I currently reside and work. Um, we're one of 12 centers in the seven states. We're a nonprofit organization, so we don't take any money from the government because then they tell us how to run our program. They tell us that we need to accept drugs, and um, the system right now provides Suboxone or Methadone, and we provide Jesus, and the Bible is we're a Christ-centered program. One of the ways that you can support us is to um, be a sponsor for less than it costs for a cup of coffee every day. You can sponsor one of the women to go through our program. One of the things I love most about the program is that we learn how to give back of ourselves um, because we don't turn anybody away. So if there was someone in your family or in this congregation that might be suffering with a self-controlling issue and you needed to enter the doors today, um, we would just be more concerned about whether you were ready or not, <laughs> not about how much money was in your pocket. It's not a free program, but again, we don't turn anyone away. So just being able to open the doors and say, come on, let's go. This is God's house. We're ready to help you is just really amazing. And you could see us at our table and um, fill out a sponsorship to support one of our residents for the time that they're here. Um, Irene is going to share more about our cutting boards and rolling pins, but we have our carpenter shop and it teaches us all how to get along together, how to follow direction and respect authority over our lives. 
and how to work so when we leave, we have those skills rebuilt and instilled in us. Each one of the cutting boards has a story attached to it. The changed life story of someone who was lost and then redeemed by the blood of Christ and has a testimony of him to share. So every cutting board you purchase is also an evangelistic way to share the gospel of Christ with other people because if they scan the QR code, they'll hear someone's changed life testimony. This is also our app for those of you who are more technically advanced than we clearly are not. <laughs> you can just put your phones up there and um, that's another way that you could get familiar with our programs and all the centers we have. Um, we had our angel tree um, this year is helping bring the joy of Christmas to the residents of Adult and Teen Challenge Vermont. Um, and as the staff there, we're all there very present on Thanksgiving and Christmas every year with the residents. Um, I know that I prayed for my family back and God blessed me in abundance with an immeasurably more large family than I could ever imagine with these women and our whole entire family of Adult and Teen Challenge in Northern New England and New Jersey. Every Friday we have an outreach in Rutland, Vermont, and it's called Freedom Friday, where we get to go to the homeless community, which is really amazing. One of our ladies came from one of these centers, and um, it's just really awesome to go there because I used to be homeless going to one of these places and asking for a meal while I was getting high, and now I get to go see the people who are using drugs and serve them that meal, and once they eat, we share them the more important food of the spirit of the gospel. Um, we are a praying ministry. I do not have a prayer card out here up here with me, but if you guys did not get one, please raise your hand and Ashley would love to give you one. Every morning we open in staff prayer and we pray over all of your prayer requests. So that's how we start our day. We keep Christ first, and we would love to pray for you um, as you pray for us. So if you could turn in one of these prayer cards to us, and if you can get them back to us sooner than later, and when we uh, meet for lunch after, I will ask Pastor Tim to assist in choosing one of the prayer cards, and we'll be gifting away one of our cutting boards um, to someone that we choose from the prayer card. Um, we offer a lot of things in our program, so we don't just sit around the fire and sing Kumbaya, even though we would love to most days. <laughs> um, we're a working ministry, so um, we do have Bible studies, prayer, spiritual enrichment events, <coughs> chapel and church services, clinical counseling, daily academic studies, high set certificate for those of us who have not completed our GEDs or high school diplomas, vocational training in the wood shop and in the kitchen and um, in marketing and other skills with the cutting boards in the carpenter shop that that provides. The women each have a mentor and we have mentoring sessions, apprenticeship opportunities, certified life coaching, transportation to doctors, dentists, probation, court, home, markets, churches, emergency rooms, recreation, warm beds, three daily meals, weekly family visits, and 24-7 supervision. So when we get to um, heal from our addictions, our needs have needs. And now we want to see our families, we want to see our kids. Um, and it's just such a blessing to see all of that come to fruition. But it is um, 
takes a mighty work of God to make it all happen. So to schedule uh, stuff just for my own self has been a challenge since the way I was living my life. And now I get the opportunity of helping make a schedule for 17 people, which is very challenging to say the least. And, um, you know, one of the things that's on my heart is to always be able to transport them back and forth to see their families and meet with their loved ones. Because when we um, get back into adult and teen challenge, we haven't just burnt our bridges, we've blown them up. So all of your help and support really helps the ladies meet all of these needs that they come to us with. At this time, I'm gonna turn the service over to Dana and the ladies, and thank you again for having us. Hi everybody, thank you for having us here today. Uh, my name is Dana, I'm 33, and I'm from Connecticut. I'm a graduate of the program, and I've stayed on to be an apprentice, which is um, just a way that you can give back to the program and to be able to um, work for the program. They give you opportunities to be able to work for the program, actually have a new life. Um, I grew up in a small town filled with alcoholics. Um, I started drinking when I was about 12, and um, I never had like a normal relationship with alcohol where I could just have a drink. So it became a huge problem when I uh, graduated college, and I started working as a private investigator, and I. Um, I was working for criminal defense attorneys in Connecticut, and I was traveling to like Bridgeport, Waterbury, New Haven um, alone, and just investigating um, crime, like hardcore crimes, just by myself. And I had always wanted to do this for a living, so I dived right in, but it was crazier than I thought it was. And I saw the injustice in the world, I saw the evil in the world, and I literally felt like I was working in hell. And the people I was working for were not good people. And I constantly had to sacrifice my morals in order to get things done for my job. Things that I didn't necessarily agree with. And so I was drinking every morning. I was drinking every day. Um, and it was just a career path that lasted about a decade. And it just brought me into this really evil world. And then while I was doing that, I was also, I had always been a singer since I was a kid. And I had met a man and joined his heavy metal band as a singer. And um, I thought I was dating this man and I thought he was the man of my dreams. And he was not, right before we had our first gig, he told me he had a girlfriend. So I felt like I was already in a place where I was sacrificing my morals for my job so I said okay let's just keep this going and I sacrificed my morals for that and um, much like King David I just fell into a deeper hole that just made me fall into a deeper hole where I did not care um, and I just went darker into the world of rock and metal and was successful but Again, it wasn't based off of anything good that I was doing. Um, I went into the world of criminal justice and it just, I was successful in everything that I did, but um, as Solomon says, it was just vanity and striving for the wind. And so I was just drinking myself to death because I didn't have God in my life. And 
I went to a detox in Connecticut, which is somewhere that Pastor Rick actually had gone in the past. And they told me about this program. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, I read the rules and said, no way. This is ridiculous. Um, but the woman there, Lorna, convinced me that I needed a new life, that I couldn't continue on the path that I was on. I couldn't seem to give up um, being a singer. I would just join another band and think that would solve my problems. And I would just jump from job to job, working for this lawyer, working for that lawyer. And I wasn't really changing anything, and I was unhappy. So I came here, um, and I submitted to the process here. I began to read the Gospels, and I saw the truth that I had been not seeing my whole life, and I just woke up. It was pretty significant. Um, I accepted Jesus, and I saw what he did for you know all the people like me. I thought I was unsavable, or I thought my life was just what it was. I saw all the people around me getting married, having kids, you know, doing all these great things with their life, and I was like, well, I guess that's not meant for me, but I see now that it is, um, and I'm just so thankful to have gone through this program, to now have Christ in my life, and God first, and all the blessings that he's given me. Um, now I'm the church service coordinator here. I work with Nicole and Laura, who you will hear from, and I'm just so thankful to be here. Um, God blessed me with a godly man in my life, and he blessed me with my sister becoming pregnant. So there's just so many great things that he's given me. And um, ever since I was young, the number 51 haunted me. And it's kind of funny that it's back behind me on a poster. But um, Psalm 51, 10 is the psalm that I stand on, creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. So I think it's funny that that was here when I got here. <laughs> but um, so what we're going to do is just have the ladies come line up right here. Um, we sing a song, Rest on Us. We sing like part of it, not the whole thing. You guys are welcome to worship with us. And then we're going to have them give some their testimonies. So thank you.
you doing today? Thank you for having us here. Um, my name is Laura. I'm 39 years old. Um, so my um, struggle begins, uh, my mom had me when she was 13. Um, she was a teenage mother who um, had had an abusive family and upbringing um, herself. So um, that pretty much continued. Um, she was in a domestic violence relationship, so I grew up in battered women's shelters um, for the majority of my childhood. Um, I went to a bunch of different schools each year, so I didn't have stability in my life. Um, due to the things she was going through and her choice of men, um, she also uh, she got into substance abuse. Um, so I grew up kind of resenting my mother. We always had um, not the greatest relationship, and I promised myself I wouldn't grow up and be like her. Um, and then as I grew up and life just happened, um, I myself became a teenage mother. I had my son when I was 16. Um, and I, I felt like I was doing a better job than her. Um, I moved out of the house, got a car, um, did great in school, went to college, um, and found really good jobs. And then I moved to Connecticut in my um, 20s. And my son was a toddler. Well, he was like young. And um, I started working at the casino. And before working at the casino, never tried drugs, didn't drink. And um, once I got there, it was like the lights and just the lifestyle. Um, I started drinking. Um, and then after um, drinking came the drugs. It started off with um, cocaine and progressively graduated to um, fentanyl. I was using intravenously smoking, crack, and um, I was a full-blown alcoholic. I've overdosed, um, and I needed they needed to bring me back by um, using adrenaline. Um, I didn't know at the time um, how fortunate I was, but um, now I know the Lord needed me, or the Lord wanted me to live, because um, he had a different plan for me. But um, I still continued with drugs even after overdosing um, for a couple of years until I finally had had enough and um, I called my father who I'd stayed away from because I was ashamed um, and I didn't really want to admit to him the lifestyle that I'd been living. He's a police officer um, and it was to that point where I just asked him for help and that's, he was like, I was, I've, been, I've been waiting. Um, and my brother, who I also told and asked for help, knew of Adult and Teen Challenge. Um, I'm from Rhode Island and they drove me up to the mountains because they knew I probably would have left um, and they wanted to make sure that I stayed put. Um, so my brother was aware of what type of program it was, the length, and that it was a faith-based program and I was not. And my, I, I thought, so I was naive, but I thought I was going to be here for a month to four months and, and just, you know, breeze through it. And when I got here, um, I was welcomed by the women. Um, and everyone was so nice, and I was just so um, broken at the time. I felt like it was fake, and like these people are crazy, like this isn't real. And then um, the longer I stayed, I saw what Christian love was. Um, the thing that I didn't mention, um, growing up, I was um, in the Jehovah's Witness faith since I was in preschool. So I've always believed in God. However, um, they don't glorify Jesus. Um, and I know now that that was the bridge I was missing. I always believed in God, but I felt like God wasn't for me. Um, I didn't have a close relationship with him um, and just kind of felt like people that believed and people that were happy were just silly and I didn't understand. 
Um, so that's one of the things that I also learned coming to Teen Challenge was not just Christian love, but I learned how um, to believe what submission was and that Christ was real. Um, I asked um, maybe about a week after coming to Teen Challenge, is there are there scriptures that um, prove to me that Jesus died on a cross? Because that's one of the things that we're taught didn't happen in the Jehovah's Witness faith. And they kind of chuckled and they're like, yeah, come on, I'll show you. Um, so that just opened up, opened up my curiosity. Um, and the more that I was interested in um, you know, maybe changing my decision because that's such a strong decision um, in your faith. You know, I, I believe that that's like a lifelong decision. I took it very seriously. Um, but my director at the time had said, um, write down 30 questions that you have for God um, and just take some time alone in the chapel. And um, I did, I wrote down 30 serious questions and just had a long time in the chapel. Um, I fell to my knees, I was crying, and um, I was just in there with my Bible. And I feel like all of those questions were answered and like just a wave of peace washed over me that I never felt in my life. Um, I never felt that comfort and calm and just, I've never felt that before. So I knew, I knew it was real. Um, and since then, I just, I've hit the ground running. Um, I just took it day by day, and the scriptures that I learned, I started applying to my life. Um, before that, I was, before coming to Teen Challenge, I was so alone, and that was part of the reason that I um, fell into drugs. Um, and I just, I burned every bridge. But um, I've been here for almost a year. It'll be a year on the third. Um, I've graduated the program. Since uh, coming to Christ and staying in the program and being clean, um, not only has my relationship with my son and my grandson been restored, um, my family, we're all getting along now. They come, to, they come from Mass in uh, Rhode Island to worship with us. Um, my brother, who is an alcoholic, actually the one that I had called and helped me get into this program, is now um, a resident at the Men's Center um, battling his alcoholism. Um, I've just had so many blessings that the, the Lord has given me, and I'm so grateful. Um, I stand on a few verses. One of them is uh, 2 Timothy 2.10. Um, I'm sorry, Ephesians 2.10, 2 Timothy 2.4, and um, Luke 1.37, because I thought I'd, I would be doing drugs until the day I died. Um, so um, I love thinking, and even though it's simple, that uh, um, everything is possible with the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, church. Thank you for having us. My name's Leah. I'm 33 years old, and I am also from Connecticut. Um, Lorna does the good work of the Lord at SCAD in New London. <laughs> um, I've been in the program now for seven months, and I never could imagine that I would be standing here saying that. Um, I was convinced I would only stay for 30 days, and I was out, because I was leaning on my own understanding, of course. Um, I was an alcoholic before coming into the program. I grew up with a single mother with two kids. Um, she was going to school for nursing and working two jobs and raising my brother and myself by herself. So she wasn't really around much. Um, she did her best, but she, I didn't have that relationship with her really growing up. So I, took, I sought that in other relationships and they were not good relationships. Um, I dated a lot of men that did not treat me well. I had the wrong crowd of friends that I was always trying to impress and really never succeeded in that because of course they weren't the right people. They weren't supportive of my decisions. Um, 
If anything, they led me to making bad decisions and bad choices. Um, when I got older, I ended up getting pregnant by a man that I was engaged to. I thought he was the man of my dreams until I saw another side of him that ended up not being a good person at all. Um, I fought for custody. I spent $6,500 fighting for custody of my daughter, and his mother was the district attorney's confidential secretary. So I lost that battle, and in that I lost my purpose as a mother. Um, my drinking got really bad. I only had my daughter every other seven days, so when I didn't have her, I spent that time drinking a lot. Um, and it led to me drinking every day, even when I did have her. Um, so I'm very grateful for this program because I now have a relationship with her again. Um, she has her mother back. My parents have their daughter back. And the immense blessings that the Lord has given me through finding him, I cannot, not, I can't begin to tell you guys what this program has done for me. Um, I am a walking miracle. I have suffered many car accidents that could have and should have taken my life. Um, I had no purpose. I didn't want to be alive anymore. I kept asking God why he was keeping me here. Um, and now I know why, because he was just waiting for me to reach out my hand and ask him for help. And he has done that immeasurably in my life and in the lives behind with the ladies behind me right now. Um, the verse I stand on is Psalm 34, 18. The Lord stays near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those crushed in spirit, because he absolutely has done that for me. Thank you. Hi, church. Um, my name is Irene. I don't know if you can tell by my accent, but I'm from a small town called South Queens. It's a borough of New York City. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, so I've been in this program um, for about eight months now. Um, I came in addicted to heroin and crack cocaine, and um, but that's not where I started off. Um, like I said, I grew up in a small community. Um, my parents were raised up in the church. They got married really young. And I had an idyllic childhood um, up until about 11. That's when I started getting molested. And that is where my experimentation with drugs and alcohol really um, took place. But um, I didn't really let that um, take over my life at that point. I did um, finish high school and I got into college where I got a degree in teaching. Um, but with that, at uh, 19, I met a man and following my Christian narrative, we got engaged. Um, during that relationship, I would get pregnant three times and lose those children to domestic violence. Um, and uh, the next time that I would actually be in church is when I buried my sister when she passed away at 20 years old due to a fentanyl overdose. So during this time, I did not have a walk with God. Um, I thought that, um, you know, that just me and him didn't have a good relationship at that point, and um, I was really blocking the Holy Spirit out of my life. But um, you know, He really is so good. He is such a redemptive God, and um, that was really the beginning of the end for me. That is when seven near fatal overdoses happened, incarceration, two DWIs, and I lost my ability to teach, which was a huge part of my life. Um, but like I said, God is so redemptive and so is this program, and by his grace, I found it. And I can say things to you today like, I am eight months sober. Um, I have a relationship with my parents. I see them you know, every other month. You know, I get to wake up and... Uh, feed these ladies breakfast, I'm the kitchen manager. <laughs> um, you know, we, uh, 
this program really is amazing just to tell you like a little bit about the duality um, you know I just had my first sober Christmas in three years you know last year I overdosed on Christmas this year Leah woke me up in Mickey Mouse ears so, <laughs> um, so uh, blinking cat onesie and um, <laughs> so uh, the <laughs> the Bible verse that I stand on is Psalm 33:17. do not rely on the strength of war horses power of war horses for in all their strength they cannot save I have fallen off of a lot of war horses but God has always been there to pick me up um, and I'm about to graduate in two weeks and take on an apprenticeship and stay on because this ministry really did save my life and uh, one of the things I do in this ministry which is so important to me because it opens the door for other women women like all of us are these so Keeping up with my South Queens narrative, I'm going to tell you guys all why every house in America needs a cutting board. And a board buff. Okay. So this program, um, we have a fully functioning wood shop in Johnson, Vermont, where we all get together and learn the vocational skill of woodworking. Um, it really is amazing because coming in, like, like I said, I... I never thought that I would be in a woodworking shop. Like, it really is amazing. It's something tangible, something we all learn. But more importantly, it keeps our house going, you know. And um, while we're making these, we pray over them. Um, have you guys ever cooked with, like, prayed over boards? You can't lose. Is your oven wonky? I can say, Oz is. I can say that. I'm the kitchen manager. So, hear me out. We're praying over it, right? But there's more. The woman's home makes this. This is board buff, right? It is food-grade mineral oil and beeswax. We get it from an apiary. Do you guys know what an apiary is? I didn't. It's a bee farm. <laughs> okay. So, hear me out. Hear me out. We pray over the, the board butter while we make it. The, the guy that owns the apiary is a pastor. He prays over his beeswax. Trinity, doom. Triple anointed. Come on. Come on. Can I get an amen? All right. Okay. So... All right, so hear me out. Triple anointed already. You're, you're preparing your food, you sit down, you pray over the triple anointed food. Quadruple, come on, amen. So not only that, you got your quadruple anointed food and you're sowing seeds directly into the lives of women, women like me who otherwise would not be in this program and like women like all of us here. So it really is a blessing. So God bless you guys, and God bless Cutting Boards. Amen. Hi, my name's Ashley. I'm 18. I came to the program when I was 17, and I grew up in a Christian home. My dad's a pastor and everything, so I attended youth groups, Christian camps, everything. When I was 16, my first drug use was nicotine. I started abusing that and then it went to cocaine and I ended up in hospitals and hospitals I th this year was the first Christmas I got to spend with all my new family sober um, so when I came in this program I was only 17 and I had no clue what this program was going to be like so when I walked in all the ladies were except me and I was like okay this is weird having all these sisters Ugh. So, um, they are really a blessing in my life. They're always there. If I need anything, I can come to them. They really help me grow spiritually. Um, last Sunday, I got baptized. 
the new life with Christ and after this I've been here for four months and after this I'm planning on being an apprentice in the theme verse I stand on is first Peter 5 7 cast your cares to the Lord because he cares for you thank you thank you guys so as you can see um, there are a lot of women here whose lives are being changed um, I'm just so grateful that you guys had us here, um, and I just wanted to gift this to the pastor. Just this is for you if you wanna <laughs> come on up and get it. <laughs> I know. Here you go. And Nicole, Nicole wants to take a picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, <it's> surprised. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so Before we dismiss this morning, I would ask that you would turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew for just a couple quick minutes. Chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. It says, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. As I was coming into this Sunday, and I have things scheduled far in advance, and I thought of these young ladies being with us, and the reality of the scriptures concerning the touch of Jesus Christ in all of our lives when we are faced with the maladies of life. Here you find the Lord coming to Peter's house, and there, Peter's mother is sick, laid down with fever. He simply touches her, the fever left her, she arose, and she ministered. And this is very much a picture of all of our lives. Because no matter who we are, we have two sicknesses. One is the sickness of sin, and then the other is the sickness of the body. We all are given life as a gift from God, but we will pass from this life into the next. This body will eventually break down and pass away. But spiritually, we also have a battle. And that is that we are born in sin. And it is through the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ that we find the touch of the Master, that He might touch us and heal us spiritually, that we might have eternal life in Him. So whether it be from the fall in the book of Genesis, all the way to when we come to the book of Romans chapter 7 and you find the Apostle Paul talking about the spiritual battle in his life, we understand that all of us, we all need Christ to touch us. And certainly when we look in these verses, we are reminded that Christ is there. He is waiting, willing to touch us. Matthew chapter 9 Verses 10 down through 13, it says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. 
But go ye and learn that, that what that meaneth, and I will have mercy and not sacrifice, and I am and, and I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, Christ is there calling every one of us to him. Each of us in our lives have to come to that place. Now, maybe in your life, you're looking at yourself and you're saying to them yourself, well, you know what? I'm a good person. I've never done heinous things. But the reality is the Bible tells us we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory, the holiness of God. And that every one of us needs salvation. So when we look at this text, we're reminded that Christ is there, beckoning and wooing us unto himself. He has come to touch our lives, and his touch changes us. When you look at our text in Matthew chapter 8, verse 15, it tells us, And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. It's such a great picture of what happens in each of our lives when we merely let Jesus Christ into our hearts and our souls. It says that he touched her and her illness passed away. Her fever disappeared. It is by faith that we come to him and he washes our sin away and gives us newness of life. But it is interesting that she rose up and we should respond to the touch of Christ. It shouldn't be that our life just continues the way it was. It should be that he changes us. That's why Christ calls it being born again. And she rose up, no more fever. And what does she do? She begins to minister to others. And you and I that have received Christ as our Savior, you and I that have been made whole, we should be ready to minister to others, no matter who it is whether it be folks who are struggling and going to a program, or whether it be our children or our neighbor or our coworker or our church friends, we should always be open to minister to others. And that is what we see in this text. So if you've been touched by Christ, if you've received him as your savior, your sins are passed away, you're a new person in Christ, then rise up. Minister to others. Make a difference for him. Let's bow our heads. We're going to have a word of prayer. And then we're going to be dismissed. So thank you so much for coming this morning. Father in heaven, as we come to the end of our service this morning. And as John comes up to lead us in a closing song. I pray that if there be one person in this room this morning. That's never received you as their savior. I pray that before they leave this place, they would come and talk to me. Let me open the Bible. Let me answer their questions. Let me pray with them today that they might receive Christ. We thank you. We thank you that you are there for us. You help us to face the maladies of life. All the, all the barrage of illness, spiritually and physically, we can come to you and we thank you, Lord. And I pray that you would help us, each and every one of us, that has been touched by your mercy and grace. Help us to rise up and minister to others. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand with me as we sing together, Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It.
Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite 